We uh, take a look at uh, uh, the official handover of uh, 50% shareholding by mining company Xaro in the Arno coal mine in Middleburg and Pumalanga yesterday. And uh, 50% shareholding they're given to uh, former employees of the mine. And uh, Mineral Resources Minister Gweta Mandashe was uh, there yesterday. And uh, he called it an industry milestone towards the inclusion of workers as a meaningful participants and stakeholders as enshrined in the mining charter, which came into effect in 2018. And a contested document uh, that one is. He now joins me on the line. And uh, I'd love to hear your perspectives as well. Give me a ring on 89 110 good evening to you and yeah. thank you so much for joining us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, um, you know, just in my introduction, I was speaking uh, towards the tail end there about uh, your sentiments yesterday and uh, your remarks that uh, uh, the Arno Coal uh, uh, deal here, which included the uh, ownership of the mine, uh, uh, 50% ownership by some of the uh, former workers or, or employees, I should say, of the company, uh, uh, is indeed in line with the spirit of the mining charter, which came into effect in 2018. But it seems that some of the key stakeholders uh, that you tried to uh, engage in the process of, uh, I guess, repackaging that mining charter, uh, clearly uh, have uh, departed from that conciliatory tone, uh, as we see in the judicial review that is being undertaken by the Minerals Council. What, what do you make of that, Minister? No, the, the, the result of the matter is that unless you understand what business is all about, business is about maximization of profit. So anything that tempers with that will be at odds with employers. Uh, I think the afterthought has driven them to court. Uh, I can also say that without fear of of and of or contradiction that uh, they are not uh, all in agreement on taking that charter to court. But the fact that we are still implementing aspects of that charter is good for us. Let's continue trying. Transformation need to be managed. It is not going to happen by luck and must continue uh, managing it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you look uh, at uh, the three things that you wanted to engage the sector on, one was the modernization, the other was transformation, and uh, uh, I just forget the third one here, but uh, when you look at uh, how the conversations have happened with uh, the Minerals Council, with workers and their representatives, and even the representatives of communities, uh, in coming up with this new mining charter, what, uh, uh, I guess, what, what, what sentiment does that leave you with uh, as you think about uh, uh, the mining sector going into now the sixth administration? My responsibility and the person will take from me after the 8th of May is to ensure that there's stability in the sector. Because when there's stability in the sector, the sector can only perform. If there's instability, the sector is going to fail. I was a little bit surprised by the fact that it is the mining industry itself, it's not the workers, it's not the community, it's not the DMR, that are trying to bring back instability. To the sector that uh, took me by surprise a little bit well w- when you talk about instability and you say it's with some of the companies uh, rather than the workers themselves uh, okay, look to you i mean you see the the, 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 the mining industry mm. investors in the mining industry need a stability for them to perform optimally and if there's no stability they will not be optimal they may have satisfaction, they can enjoy life, but the only thing that brings us to, 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 to optimal performance is a stable sector, because once the sector is stable, 
we are busy with what we are good at, mining. And when we're mining, then we can fund the various issues uh, that are highlighted in the, in the, in the mining sector. Uh, but if the industry is not operational, you are not going to be able to find transformation. Transformation needs to be funded. It's not uh, for the Christmas gift. It must be funded. And if you don't have the resources, you won't be able to fund it. Then stability is paramount. Mm-hmm. Just on this, on this point of uh, stability within the sector, we've seen, uh, for instance, if you take uh, the platinum sector, of which uh, South Africa is one of the largest, uh, if not the largest producer alongside uh, Zimbabwe in the world, mm-hmm. and uh, we've seen palladium on a rally this year, we've seen uh, even a recovery uh, seeming somewhat of the uh, platinum price as well, and some of the other PGMs, uh, and uh, uh, when we look at the five-month strike that's already happened at Sabanye with uh, uh, AMCU, uh, and we think about uh, Sabanye's uh, you know, bid uh, to try and take over Lonman, uh, it's uh, quite clear that uh, that kind of tension and instability is set to spill over into the platinum sector and, uh, of course, into the negotiations that are starting in June. What, what levers and tools does the government have to intervene to mediate uh, that particular uh, issue to ensure that production happens and, uh, indeed, to ensure that transformation happens and a funded transformation, as you say? You see, platinum has recovered. It's doing relatively very well now. Uh, if you look into the performance of mining, check the results end of this month. You find that as long we talk about overall decline in production in the mining, platinum is not one of the aspects of mining that are actually having a decline. Uh, alongside coal, alongside mm. uh, manganese, alongside chromium. Uh, so that in itself shows that the industry is on the recovery path. But long strikes are a function of leadership. Uh, leadership of the mining companies and leadership of the trade unions. Because those are the parties to the dispute. And when uh, they tried to drag me into this dispute, I said to them, listen, I know what my responsibility is. My responsibility is to oversee the sector. When there are IR issues, there is the Department of Labor with a minister who is quite capable who deals with those issues with infrastructure called the CCMA structure. They deal with that issue. But when there are things that are happening uh, that are criminal, uh, people die, nine of them died during the strike, and uh, burning of houses, every time that happens, that ceases to be an issue about mining. It becomes a crime scene. And we hand over that to, to minister, particularly. And that's how we should be working as a government, because the industry must learn to engage, talk to one another, and settle disputes that are difficult. Now, if we intervene all the time, we may kill even the unions, because workers will see no reason that they should be members of the union if we declare increases in the sector. Okay. I'm in conversation with the, the Minister of Mineral Resources, uh, Minister Kwede Mandashe, and I'd love to hear from you. Give us a ring on 089-110-3377, Let's take this brief break, and on the other side, I take a look at some of those calls, and I continue my conversation with the Minister. 18 minutes it is before the uh, top of the hour. I'm in conversation with uh, uh, a Mineral Resources Minister, uh, Minister Kwede Mandashe, and uh, we're talking about uh, the state of health of uh, the mining sector as uh, we uh, gear ourselves up for the sixth administration. And Minister, I'm quite interested in the point that you were making earlier on, that if indeed 
uh, you babysit or you spoon feed the different stakeholders, there might not necessarily be a need uh, for the unions because workers are going to say, if Ukulumende can intervene, uh, then why should we indeed be part of a union? And uh, just, I guess, talking about some of the institutions that have been put into place to ensure that, uh, one, there's amicable industrial relations, but also that there's transformation. We've seen over the last few years or so that uh, many entities have not complied with their social and labor plans and uh, have not complied with many injunctions uh, that are transformation-related that are associated with the licenses that they have to mine, uh, be it the license they get from you or even the social license from the communities. And yet, uh, Minister, I must say, we we haven't seen any company uh, that uh, has had their license taken away for non-compliance in this regard. Are we going to see a change in the sixth administration? No, you see, uh, there is a company that was given Section 47 in the Northwest Mm. for non-compliance. You don't follow it because you think that you must just close the mining industry to for you to notice. There was a company that was. We are not managing the industry to close it. We are managing it to comply and perform optimally. That is our responsibility. Because if our primary objective is to close the industry, we'll actually destroy the economy. Our contribution will be negative. We are nudging people to comply before we we, we issue section 47, even, even in the mine that we issued it. We first issue section 93 and give people a warning that, hey, guys, you are not complying in terms of X, Y, and Z. And people must uh, strive to comply. And that's what we are doing. And our view is that the mining industry uh, is uh, working very hard to comply. Where there is no compliance, in the majority of cases, it would be our own fault in terms of enforcement. Mm, mm, mm. Just, Maslalin Jaglende, transformation uh, for a second here, Minister. Yesterday, you were in uh, uh, Middleburg there uh, during the handover of that 50% shareholding to uh, the workers at uh, Arno Coal. I'm quite interested from a governance perspective and uh, by way of worker representation on that board, how that is going to work. And, uh, of course, uh, uh, you know, just the the details around sort of the dividends and uh, how, uh, I guess, uh, negotiations going forward now are going to work now that uh, this is uh, partly owned. 50% 50% uh, by uh, the workers? Eight of the workers were returned, a majority of whom were professionals, mm. put their pension and their retirement packages together and established a company called Innovator Resources. That company negotiated the forming up of uh, the company that is up, uh, uh, not operational company. Mm. And once that was agreed, uh, Exaro contributed to the deal by saying, we'll give you the infrastructure that is in place for no cost. And West Coast say, we'll bring cash and technical support to the deal. And therefore said, if you, Exaro puts uh, that backup of infrastructure, all the returned workers must be beneficiary, and then there is a section of that stake that belongs to those workers and the communities in line with the requirements of the uh, mining sector. But it's quite an interesting experiment because it can work as far as I'm concerned. But workers must accept that they will have to send a number of themselves to school to be real uh, hardcore managers who can run the industry. Otherwise, they will depend on advisors. And if they depend on advisors, they will be, will be pulled over their eyes. 
let's uh, let's come to the issue of safety here and uh, i must say you know if you if you compare uh, the mining sector certainly when you were an organizer in in the num and where we are now from a safety perspective uh, many people would think that we've made some fundamental improvements but it seems uh, that even as early uh, or as recently as uh, a few days ago uh, i think it was yesterday uh, we heard of 1800 workers uh, you know uh, due to some operational blunder stuck underground at sibanya the same entity uh, that has found itself a falling uh, foul of uh, safety issues and uh, leading to some really fatal incidents there. Uh, when you look at the sector and you look at the state of play from a secure, uh, from a safety perspective, uh, are you happy as the ministry? And more importantly, what is the nature of the dialogue that you're having with some of the industry players? Abonga, you must remember in 2007, the industry, there were 216 fatalities. Mm. In 2007. In 2016, that number dropped to 73. In 2017, 2000, no wait, 2016 it was 73. 2017, there was a spike mm. that went to 90, sure. 90 fatalities. And in 2018, that number dropped to 81. So what we should be working for is to continue improving and continue to strive for uh, zero harm underground. That is what we should be striving for. So that improvement in safety statistics is quite important for us. We are talking to the sectors because that 81 includes three what we call disasters. Because the, once you have five plus uh, fatalities, that's a disaster. We had three in 19, in 2018. Uh, one, two in Sibanye, one in Palabura Mining Company, but we still could, uh, improve from 1921. We're hoping that this year we can improve further. The, 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 the entrapment of workers underground, uh, 1,800. Uh, one, one person sent me a message when that happened, and he said to me, why do you allow this stuff to, to continue? And I had to, call to to explain to him that uh, accidents and work are managed and mitigated by human effort. Mm. Uh, the fact that the subsystem in major deep mining areas, the fact that they are interconnected and crowd. Mm. That that's why 1,800 workers were trapped, but they came in another shaft, and there was no fatality, not one fatality. Mm. And they were out within... Uh, a day. And then to me, is that that is human effort to try and ensure that there is safety in a working environment. And mm -hmm. I said to this person, you know, this attitude of negativity about the ability for a human being to intervene. He actually translates into this single thing that every time there is an accident in a road, we must close that road. You know, human endeavor must try to ensure that there is safety in society and it must continue it's not a stop start effort mm. okay minister i'd like you to just hold the line for me for a second i've got one of our callers here calling us uh, from here in johannesburg claude you'd like to talk about artisanal mining ozamazama good evening to you good evening thank you so much and thank you minister for your very good answers i just want to ask uh, what is your the department philosophy around artisanal mining in south africa I think there have been discussion around uh, legalizing the artisanal mining. Are we seeing uh, that um, process going forward? 
And uh, okay, yeah. Claude, thank you so much for that question, Minister. No, uh, the first uh, the second point is uh, stealing anybody's property is theft. Therefore, illegal mining is a criminal activity. Let's first of all, once there is a, a illegal mining. It is not a mining activity, it is a crime scene. Now, but what we are offering is to establish an artisanal mining division where small-scale miners can be licensed and do business officially and legally. Mm. And if people respond positive to that, we may do away with Zamazamas, but there is a character of the Zamazamas. I don't know if you have been following instances of disasters where there's illegal mining. Mm, mm. You, you know, a Gloria mine killed 18 uh, Zamazamas. All of them were from Lesotho. And then in the Israel, four Zamazamas died. All of them were not from South Africa. So that character is indicating to us that illicit trading about precious metals is quite an established uh, business backed by international uh, syndicates. Mm. And we need to be serious about it. Uh, it was estimated by the World Bank that uh, last year we lost about 41 billion rand to illicit trading of precious metals. Mr. Mm. Bensalanjani, Minister, with uh, some of the artisanal miners that you've already licensed, uh, we know uh, that uh, you issued out some licenses to uh, uh, artisanal miners in the Northern Cape, uh, Kimbali, I think. Uh, how is that relationship working and uh, how have they been faring? The, the Northern Cape is working relatively well. It has its own challenges. It will have to be perfected, but it's not relatively well. Because once we allow that artisanal mining, we allow them to trade through the established mining company. And they are paid uh, market rates. And therefore, trading about those diamonds doesn't fall outside the normal trading channels for the country. And we've done a small-scale licensing in the Tubati Valley and want to expand that. Uh, and I hope that it will work in the long term. Mm, mm. Where it is South yeah. Africans who are involved, it's easier to deal with it. When it is heavily loaded with uh, foreign nationals, it becomes a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Minister, I want us to come to, to, to the issue of uh, uh, the Amatiba community and uh, some of the uh, debates and the dialogues and I guess uh, the conversations that you have been having with that community. Uh, it's quite clear that uh, uh, there's a, a wide polarization in that community and difference in opinion about the development path that uh, community uh, is uh, planning to follow. We do know there was supposed to be an interministerial visit over the last few days or so. That was postponed. Uh, Nindauni, in terms of the conversations with that community uh, uh, about uh, the development path that it ought to follow. My, my, my own observation, having been there three times, is that polarization is exaggerated, by the way, by a group that is deliberate about it, and it gets support in the public uh, media, and therefore encouraged to polarize the situation. Uh, when you go to a meeting in Colombia, you find that the majority of people by far sit, listen, and engage positively. But the Amadeva Crisis Committee, it's a committee. We have given them an opportunity to engage with us. We set up a meeting with them, and they came, 
because wanted to understand what their problems are. They arrived and said, no, they're not mandated uh, to talk to us, and they pulled out. We went to, they said we must go to Colombian. When we went to Colombian, they tried to block us. We arrived, there was a good meeting there. They tried to disrupt it after it has ended. So my own view is that we need a more constructive engagement with the community there. Mm. Because what we should be talking about there is development of the area. Is the poorest wide in Bizana, what 25 and part of what 28, the poorest part. It needs that development. The fact that when it rains, it is difficult to arrive there. In itself is testimony that development is necessary there. Mm. Ironically, it's not only mining that is in trouble with development. The N2 highway that should go through there is in trouble as well. Therefore, it becomes an anti-development committee that we must engage peacefully and try to make them understand that blocking development is not to the benefit of that mm. community. Minister, there's an impression that uh, the, uh, there's a particular kind of development uh, that uh, the uh, government and uh, certain sections of that community is looking for that is at odds with the development path that has been proposed by the Amatiwa Crisis Committee, which is of tourism, agriculture, uh, and uh, there's a sense uh, from their end that mining uh, is certainly not the development paradigm that they want. Uh, from f- from your end as a ministry, and certainly within cabinet, you would have had deliberations about this issue. Um, uh, is, is it a matter of saying, because the investment is already there and uh, the promises of investments are there, that we need to pursue it? Uh, and uh, is there an opportunity to pursue, uh, I guess, uh, other forms of development that aren't mining? When I came to Johannesburg, I stayed in Fosloras, uh, and I was part of the uh, Fosloras Crisis Committee. Uh, when you are a crisis committee, you are a committee that is expected to look for solutions. And if it doesn't look for solutions, then it defeats its purpose. And then the Amadiba Crisis Committee must rediscover itself and be a developmental structure in that community. Once it is, it will engage everybody. We can look into it. All I want about mining, let me tell you what I want about mining. I want a decision to be taken about mining. That decision can be we are continuing with mining or there will be no mining in Madiba mm. and we we'll close the chapter. How, how will that be, to, decision be taken? No, no. Mm. To allow that issue to go on the table from 2002 up to now is itself irresponsible from where I'm seated. It can only be possible if we're talking to the Madiba Committee. I proposed a survey. Mm. And if we have that survey, we can quantify the extent of rejection and the extent of, of acceptance. Then we close that chapter. Is, is it that easy, though, Minister? I mean, in a context of uh, uh, all manner of uh, uh, contention in the community, uh, uh, some of the incidents have even gone fatal, and there's a deep sense of, of mistrust in the community and mistrust even of uh, that kind of survey process and the referendum that has been proposed by no. uh, 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 no. uh, the Eastern Cape's uh, MEC for Economic no. Development. That is deliberate, uh, mm. in the sense that the option that I'm at the Democratic Committee is taking is that we should not talk to the community there. We should take their word as the word and the only word around. And I think that is dangerous and it will cause more tensions.
Minister, we'll have to leave it there. I really, really appreciate that you could take time out uh, uh, this evening to speak to us. And as Azing Lagas needs, but you took time to speak to us uh, this evening and uh, uh, wish you all the best. And uh, thank you so much. And uh, maybe a last question on my end. Uh, are you hoping to come back in the same portfolio uh, after, after next week? No, we don't apply for jobs in the cabinet. <laughs> we get appointed. Kaloko, did you deployment committee you can influence in that? Uh, I don't. I, I'm not a member of the deployment committee. <laughs> <laughs> it is chaired by the deputy president, <laughs> and the person who is at the head of it is the deputy general. So wherever the movement deploys you, you will go. I will go. I'm still having energy now, <laughs> though I can feel sometimes that. Hey, listen. Uh, the knee is painful there. The anger is uh, painful, but I'm still here with a lot of energy. Thank you so much for joining us. That there was a Minister of Mineral Resources, Kwede uh, Bantashe, certainly having some very strong views uh, on uh, uh, what is happening and unfolding on the wild coast of the Eastern Cape of Kolobini and uh, the role of the Amatiba Crisis Committee. And, uh, Charles, we're going to have to try and find and uh, play that back as a promo. I, I'd be interested uh, to re-listen to that conversation. And if you want to do the same or you missed part of it, go to uh, www.metrofm.co.za and catch uh, that uh, podcast and uh, of any other stories that we've been doing uh, since uh, we started doing uh, what we do all the time uh, from uh, April. And that being said, 9 p.m. is the time. I leave you uh, with the soulful sounds of a centre. Big thank you, Joel, and big thank you, Jaws to you for uh, putting together this great product. Have yourself a great evening. Take strength, my Africa. Sisai Banga. Le Economy.